Divorce Detox features raw, unfiltered conversations with divorce coach Lisa Happ and family law attorney Jolie Vackey. Learn how to cope, heal, and thrive while navigating the inherently flawed family court system. Enjoy candid conversations with the hosts and their expert guests as they discuss the dirty details about divorce and co-parenting. It's time for Divorce Detox. Hello, welcome to Divorce Detox, where we dish all about the dirty details of divorce and co-parenting and how to cope, heal, and thrive while navigating the inherently flawed family court system and separating from your ex. We are your hosts, certified divorce coach Lisa Happ of Lisa Happ Coaching and family law attorney Jolie Vackey, the founding attorney of Foundations Family Law and Mediation Center. This is episode number 28 of the Divorce Detox Podcast, and today Lisa and I are so honored to have a guest, May Jean Lorth, and she owns the coaching practice Transitions Well Done, and in her practice, it is committed to impactful contributions to the global conversation of the mental health and wellness of professional women of color. Their mission is to center and uplift the experiences of professional women of color age 30 to 50 who stand at a crossroads under the deceptively smooth surface of a successful career and comfortable home. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mayjean. Thank you, Jolie and Lisa, so much for having me. It's great to be here. And I especially appreciate you, Jolie, for being here since you're not feeling well. So um, I hope that um, you can get some rest later on. Thank you. I'm going to try my best. I apologize to our audience for my voice, but I'm uh, I'm pushing through. <laughs> Lisa, you're going to have to do some heavy lifting for me today. <laughs> you <all> the talking. <laughs> so, May Jean, can you tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you came to do what you're doing now? Sure, I'll be happy to. So I am a certified coach um, with a background in mental health counseling and nonprofit leadership. Um, outside of what I do, I want to say that I am, um, I grew up in Boston and I've been working in the nonprofit field for 20 years and all have been within the Boston area working with various populations. And um, I also am a mom to an 18 year old daughter who's heading to college soon. So talk about transitions. <laughs> I'm in the midst mm. of one right now with my daughter. And um, so my work as a coach, I specialize in helping uh, women of color professionals navigate significant life and career shifts with confidence and ease. And I do that by combining my mental health expertise with my life coach um, strategy, life coaching strategies. Uh, my approach is holistic, intersectional, and really promoting resiliency and transform transformative growth. That is That's awesome. So how, how long have you been doing this work, Meijin, as a coach? So I have been in the coaching industry for five years now, and I started in a non working as an internal coach, working with a nonprofit organization, which I actually still do. Um, I was work. I'm working with college students in that role, but my business. I'm starting year two right now. Um, I 
I launched my business in uh, the fall of 2022. When I was thinking of what I wanted to do, I thought of all the um, populations that I've worked with have been mostly with women, um, predominantly women of color, and they all have been in different, um, you know, parts of their lives transitioning, transitioning in different ways. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to focus on um, what happens when you're in the midst of a life twist and turn. <laughs> so that's, that's where we are now. And a, a lot of my work has been managing teams as well. So wanting to combine both the uh, nonprofit leadership with the individual work that I've been doing in the mental health counseling side as well. That is fabulous. It sounds like you've taken a little bit of everything that you've done and created this amazing coaching practice with it. Yeah, I it was really nice to um, figure that out, right? I don't know about you, Lisa, of where you're thinking of like, I know you own your own coaching practice too, of figuring that piece out of like, you know, you have so much to offer and uh, nailing down exactly what it is that you're going to do and how you can serve your community at large. And so it's, it's nice to be in this place where it's like, oh yeah, this is exactly what, you know, um, I feel excited to do. I'm passionate to do about. So the figuring out part is always chaotic, right? <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> if not always. Um, but when, when you finally get to the point where, you feel like, okay, this is an alignment with who I am and what I want to be doing, the impact that I want to have. It's a great feeling. It really is. It's kind of part of the journey to getting there, I think, is what transforms your business also. At least that's yes. what I found. Now, yes. did you have like an aha moment when you were working in nonprofit where you were like, maybe I want to do something different or maybe I want to do this in a different way. Was there one moment or one event that happened that sort of catapulted you into this or was it more of a trickle effect? It was more of a trickle effect. And that's the big part. I think one of the misconceptions about transitions that oftentimes people think it's like, it's going to be this big aha moment, but it's um, because of the phases of transition, it could take you a while to, um, figure your way to what is really going to work out for you. So I'll, I'll share a little bit about the journey. Um, when I got to a point in my, my career as a nonprofit leader where, you know, you have in your mind the, the set ladder that you're going to take to get you to your goalposts. And then you get to that certain point or to a certain point and you're like, wait a second, I don't know if this is what, <laughs> what I thought this was going to look like. Um, so that moment came for me when I um, was working somewhere that I didn't, I feel like was in uh, misalignment with what I wanted to do. And I started thinking of, okay, I think direct work, working one-on-one -on -one with folks is really truly what I enjoy in being in management leadership as much as I enjoy that, but it wasn't speaking to me as much as when I'm sitting down one-on-one -on -one with someone and helping them tease out, right, getting to what's um their purposes, what's fulfilling for them. And so I decided to um, take a leap of faith <laughs> and leave that um, that goalpost really, you know, I'd worked so hard to get to and um, realizing that, okay, maybe there's something else. So I left to go, in, um, to go back to working more direct with folks and I, um, got a job working at this nonprofit and it was focusing on um, coaching 
uh, coaching um, college students who are navigating independently. And I enjoyed, you know, the coaching work that I was doing, which is, you know, very similar to my, you know, being a counselor or therapist. Um, and when I went for my master's in clinical psych, I didn't think I wanted to have an independent practice because I, I like working in community, so forth and so on. But as I, my work with the students evolved with the coaching, it's like, well, maybe I do want to have an independent <laughs> clinical practice. So I started to look into, um, that end. And as I was going through the process, it was just blocks after blocks, barrier after barrier, um, with the state changing their guidelines, their policies, um, the timing of since I had had my master's with going for the licensure now. And I took a moment, I was like, this doesn't have to be so hard. <laughs> this doesn't have to be so hard. I already have the education, I have the experience. Um, and coaching is already something I'm enjoying. I don't have to, you know, knock down all these walls to get to the one-on-one -on -one work that I'm already doing. So I thought, why don't I combine the two? And I'd already been doing my training and coaching. And so, um, and then also in conversations with other um, therapists of just how the landscape was for them dealing with insurance, billing, wait lists, so forth and so on. And wondering, is this, do I really want to get into that now? So there was like multiple things happening at once. And it was also all of that also was happening during COVID. So I had a lot of time to be reflective of where I truly wanted to go and what would mean, be meaningful for me in my career and crafting something on my own. And I, I started to really think about like, what are the pieces of each thing that I've done and how can I bring all of that together? And so that's how I came to Transitions Well Done. I thank you for sharing the story. That is a great pathway to get there. And what's going to my head as you're telling this story is this is probably how you work with your clients. Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like the journey you went on could be a very similar journey that you take your clients on. I would definitely agree. <laughs> I would definitely agree. I think a lot of times um, with clients, they come in thinking they don't have any of the pieces yet, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's through the self-discovery that we go through that we realize that, okay, there are pieces already there. You know, there are parts of, you know, what you're dreaming of, you know, or what the next step is for you that are already there. It's just really putting all the... um I think slowing down, right? A lot of times we feel like we have to rush through the decision-making process, but also having someone guiding you through that, asking you, as you both know, the powerful questions that can come up um, in coaching, in the coaching space and partnering with folks on, you know, where are you now and where would you like to be? And what already, already exists within your world, within your community, within you, and also, um, it's the resiliency part of, you know, I, I have done this before in some capacity. It may, this may look different, but there are certain parts of it that's that's familiar. And so pausing to learn what those things are and how you can use what you've done before, your experience before into moving forward. Yes. So, so your clients are mainly women of color coming to you during times of transition. Are most of them coming to you when they're experiencing a change in their professional lives and their careers? How many are coming because of personal, like, um, you know, um, problems with family members or divorce or, 
Can you just give us kind of um, some info on those? Sure. Most of them are coming from the career side, professional side. And of course, as we get into it, there's a lot of the personal things coming up and there might be simultaneous <laughs> transitions happening in both career and life. Um, and most of the time when I'm, let's say if I'm doing a workshop, that's also when I hear a lot of, even if I'm in a professional setting at a workplace doing a workshop, and talking like the main idea you come in for is to work about what's happening in the workplace transitions that are happening for you as a professional, as a leader, but then also what may be coming up for you. Oh, you know what? That's actually what happened to me <laughs> or what's happening for me in my personal life as well. So there are a lot of common threads as well. And one of the reasons why I, I say I do life in career transition is because oftentimes people are often thinking about the career, right? And then there are the components of your personal life, relationships, um, for example, divorce that's coming up, or it may also be a, you know, a relocation that's coming up for you. How are you thinking ab about that? I mean, it, I think once what we kind of follow the same patterns in our lives, whether it's a career or a relationship. So I do agree. I think they all flow together. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't, because I say I do a holistic <laughs> coaching, right? It's your career is not completely separate from your personal life, right? So they all merge together. And so that's one of the reasons why I think it's important in, in the work that I do to look at all the different, all your identities, right? Your professional identities, your personal identities, um, and how does that come together for you in the experience that you're having right now. I can see this being so incredibly helpful for every single person that you encounter and every single person you work with. Um, is there like a few tips you could give, like for more of a general tips that you could give our listeners for somebody who is maybe listening today and deciding today is the day I'm changing my career. I need to transition out of my career. Maybe someone that's facing retirement, but isn't really ready to re fully <laughs> retire and just play golf seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I was, um, at a vendor event, um, in the fall. And I, so I had a table and it was, um, this, guy came up to the table he he came there with his uh daughter but the daughter had finished asking me question and he he then came and started asking me questions too he's like you know you were talking about transitions and i was thinking i've always i i was always thinking about my retirement and now i'm retired but like my hands are itching <laughs> like i just want to be doing something and so part of it is Oftentimes we think we want to be at the next thing. And then when we get to the next thing, it's like, wait, you know, it's not what I was thinking it was going to be. It's not what I think it was going to look like. And it's also, it's because we haven't let go of maybe parts of us, of patterns, of behavior or thought that is, we're still holding on that we're not able to fully transition into what's next for us. So one of the things that I think about in it, you know, if you want to put in a tip, <laughs> Um, for the uh, for anyone listening, if you are you know navigating a change or a transition right now, is what what is it that you need to let go of? What's a pattern? What's a thought? What's a belief? And even an identity or even a dream, <laughs> because sometimes you have to possibly let go of 
a dream you had, a belief that you have to be able to, to start with what's next because a beginning starts with an end. We have to end something to be able to, to begin somewhere, somewhere else and do something else. The other thing that I would um, share as a tip is that we use the word change and transition often interchangeably, and they're two different things. So change is external, whereas transition is the psychological process that you're going through. And so as you are you know, navigating the external piece, right? And so oftentimes when we're thinking about some of the things, like for example, most of your listeners are going through a divorce. So they might be thinking of the logistics part. Yes, it's, you know, it's emotional. Um, there's a lot of that happening too. But in terms of like, what am I thinking of? What do I need to do next? It's all about the logistics, especially, you know, if there are kids involved, right? <laughs> especially if there, there's abuse going on. Um, and so what is there's the emotional part that you're dealing with, with the, um, the divorce, but also of the change that you're going through, right? The external changes, you might have to go to a different community, right? <laughs> you may not be able to stay in the community you, you've been at for however long or have to change job, whatever it may be, the external pieces are important to consider, but I would also think about what's happening for you internally. And it's important to think about how, how have you experienced change before and what from that experience are you bringing in <laughs> to the new, to the new change with you? And that might be a, you know, a pro or a con that may not be a fit for what's happening right now. So it's, I think it's a really um, important point is significant when you're thinking about what's happening within um, your circumstance is what is the psychological process I'm going through with this external piece. Yes, I love what you said. Every beginning starts with an end. And I think that's so true for every, like anybody and everybody in the entire world can relate to that. But I think it's, I'm so glad you said that. I love it. I'm going to steal it. It's like so important for people to remember. Yeah, it, 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 it's important. I didn't start um, thinking about transition. I haven't spent years thinking about what transitions look like, the difference between change and transitions. I myself have had to go through many. Um, one of my earliest experience is moving from Haiti as a 10-year-old to the U.S., <laughs> You know, and so that was a big change at the time. Of course, I wasn't thinking about all of that at 10 years old, but I was experiencing all of it. Right. And then another big um, transition for me was when I also went through my divorce. It was isolating, overwhelming, even though I had a strong community around me it felt isolating. I remember going to the, you know, to court and showed up like, you know, what do I need to do? And they're like, well, you need this and that, like with an attitude. I'm like, okay, I'm not Elizabeth Taylor. This is not my seventh divorce. <laughs> this is my first. <laughs> so please be kind, you know, like those kind of minor interactions can also always make it even more, um, you know, more of a painful situation, you know, situation, something that's already hard, that's already challenging for everyone involved. But then you having these kind of interactions and having to manage them and it's new to you, feeling like you're drowning in uncertainties. Those are things that I've had to manage myself. And I'm now 
remarried, it's a big, it's a big, another transition, right? Because it doesn't always have to be your own transition. Like if you're in a family and there's a, you know, someone is going through a transition that impacts you, that might also, you know, trigger your own. And so those are things to keep in mind as well. Divorce Detox is sponsored by Lisa Hap Coaching and Foundations Family Law and Mediation Center. Lisa Hap is a certified divorce, narcissistic abuse, grief, and life coach. She guides women in abusive, toxic, and narcissistic relationships through the divorce process and beyond to help transform and transmute their fear around their divorce and leaving a relationship to confidence and calmness. Together with Lisa, you can clear the fog and emotional chaos you're experiencing by setting boundaries, finding your voice, and reclaiming life and your power. No matter where you are in the process, she is here to support you every step of your way. You can find her at lisahap.com. Foundations Family Law and Mediation Center is a solutions-oriented boutique law firm based in Worcester County, Massachusetts. They represent clients and mediate divorces in both Massachusetts and Rhode Island. The philosophy of Foundations Family Law is to resolve family law conflicts as painlessly and peacefully as possible. They firmly believe that something beautiful can be made from something broken, and they will be with you every step of the way to build a solid foundation for the future you deserve, filled with freedom, stability, and peace of mind. If this resonates with you and what you are looking for in a family law attorney or mediator, be sure to check out Foundations Family Law online at foundation, foundationsfamilylaw.com. Lisa is extremely generous and is offering a free coaching session for all new Foundations Family Law divorce clients. And the magic really happens for our clients when they choose to work with both of us through our Divorce Detox Signature Program. If you retain Foundations Family Law for your legal matter and purchase a coaching package with Lisa Hap Coaching, you will get a free bi-monthly call with both of us to ensure that your legal strategy and emotional healing are in alignment and helping you to reach your ultimate goals. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing about some of your personal story, Maygene. And I was just wondering, so, I mean, as you can see, Lisa and I are two white girls, very white girls. <laughs> we're, we're working divorce professionals. Um, could you give us any advice about considerations that we could use in our line of work when we are helping clients of color? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for asking that and acknowledging that in the room. I, I appreciate that. And I think one of the things that I keep in mind is intersectionality <laughs> is so, you know, the person who's, you know, sitting, you know, if you're working with a woman of color going through divorce. So there's there's that personal piece, but it's within a system that's all that's already like marred with, you know, <laughs> biases and all these different things. So I would definitely keep that in mind, because when you show up in the in the courtroom, it's. Even before you show up in the courtroom, I, I want to say for um, women of color, particularly Black women, it's already like, okay, I, I, I don't even want to be here. I don't know how people are going to see me, things like that. I think it's really um, taking time to process. I don't want to say process in the term of therapeutic, but really going through with the client of like, what are your experience? What have been your experience with this, with this system, right? Because 
even if it's not their own, they probably have heard stories. They've, they've probably been told how to um, navigate that. And now they probably didn't think they would ever be there. And here they are dealing with that. And so what are the um, pieces that are coming up for them? What What's, um, yeah, I want to say that. I always want to keep in mind the words, certain words, because I, as a someone who has a therapeutic background and then a coach, I also don't want to come off as I'm giving uh, clinical um, advice, but just in terms of not only like the intersectionality with like the system, the barriers, but the per the person's identity as well, right? As, you know, a uh, woman of color or, you know, age, um, social economic status, things like that, that maybe um, that they're having to navigate as they're navigating this, um, you know, I think like, I, I don't know a specific word to, uh, that will be comprehensive enough to describe what the experience of going through a divorce is, is like, but more just very uh, challenging and isolating and overwhelming. That can feel like that's all the energy that I have already is dealing with that, let alone all the other pieces that come with it. So having someone like a coach, having someone like a lawyer who understand these things are very helpful um, and helping and helping clients through through that process. That makes so much sense. Thank you for explaining that to us and shedding some light on that for us. For sure, yeah. And you know, I think when you think about working with women of color going through those things, it's important to keep the trust in mind built um, because they're having to build a trust you know, a uh, trusting relationship with you and all their fears around, again, not what's just happening with their personal lives, but in their, their, their faith in the, um, court system. Right. And that's all probably at a, at a low already. And so how do you make sure that they're being recognized, they're being seen and they're being heard. Right. And that, that the experience is not in um doesn't bring in added trauma. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. That was so helpful. I really appreciate you sharing your insight with us. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Of is there anything else we haven't like touched on or anything else that you can share that we haven't thought to ask tonight? Well, I think um, one of the things that I think about is women, be, w women who are in leadership role, who are probably, you know, the go-getters in the workplace and then having to work through a divorce can really take a mental toll, right? Because oftentimes, especially for women of colors is... Um, women of color is you have to have this excellence around you. And that means like you have to compartmentalize, like I'm dealing with some hard stuff at home. So like, I'm going to show up, even though the workplace say show up authentically. But then if I do show up like that, then I'm being told that I'm, you know, um, I'm angry. Like those are the, all the things to like keep, you know, keep in mind that I think it's important. And as a coach, what I do with um, the women that I work with is also like, how do you make sure that you're um, in a place where you feel like you can advocate for yourself, right? I'm not doing the advocacy role for you, but that, you know, what are the tools do you need 
to make sure that you know that you're asking for the time off, <laughs> right? And you're, you're um, sharing enough to make sure people know that there's a lot going on. If you cannot stay, if you're in a high power role and you cannot stay till 7 p.m. every night, <laughs> it's because you have other things going on, right? And I think that's always often scary of like, if I don't do what everyone else is doing, because I'm already like, you know, on the fence about what I'm able to share, then you're navigating completely alone and not being able to, for your workplace to manage their expectations of what you can deliver while you're navigating a divorce. Yeah, that is so true. Because I think as women in general, like we all just try to go, go, go and do, do, do. And we have so many things on our plates and from so many different directions. So that is such an important thing to remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're often, I mean, the societal pressure that women have overall, you know, that doesn't matter the race, but there's so many things that we're supposed to be holding and uplifting everyone. But then it's like, okay, when I need someone who's there for me, right? And so I think um, first having this podcast when you can hear um, that there are a lot of people going through this, right? It's, And I think something that you know, if you think about, you know, the region where you live in the part of the state is really also important. That's part the part of the intersectionality. It's like cultures, right? We have a different culture here in the Northeast than we do South or West or, you know, Middle America. And oftentimes these kind of conversations may be happening a lot here, but other places and even in the U.S. may not be happening often. And women in general don't have the language, may not have the language um to talk about these things in a way that feel like they're being understood yes, thank you that is a very good point thank you so much yeah thank you for having me <laughs> we're so happy that you are here with us today this was so insightful for me and i know jolie i'm speaking for her because she's losing her voice but we were both so excited to have you on. I was so happy when Jolie sent me an email introducing you to the podcast list. Yeah, I'm well, my last question I forgot well, do you ever work with men? Because I'm thinking of somebody that would be perfect to work with you. And I know you primarily work with women, but do you ever work with men? I haven't yet, but I'm not, you know, close off to the idea. If you think it's someone who would really benefit from, you know, working with me, I'll be happy to have a chat with them. <laughs> Thank you. That would be amazing. So I'm going to connect you with them too after <laughs> this show. So how do our listeners find you? Like what's your Instagram, your website? How can they connect with you? Yeah. So folks can connect with me at Transitions Well Done on Instagram and my website, you know, at um, www.transitionswelldone.com is also there. And I'm also on LinkedIn, May Jean, and I also have a business page, Transitions Well Done. So there are many ways you can contact, you can get in contact with me. And um, I do offer a free um, journal workbook for anyone who anyone who's going through a transition, it's a time for you to pause and reflect. It it asks you certain prompts. You know, it's three different modules. It asks you different, and you can do it, you know, with pen and paper. You can print it out, but you also can do it digital as well. So it's very um 
comprehensive in terms of like the, it walks you through the phases of transition as well. So you can get that either on Instagram or on my website, transitionswelldone.com. That's exciting. I'm going to do that this weekend. I feel like there's got to, we're all going through some transition at all times. So I'm yes. going to check it out this weekend. Yeah. And please let me know what you think. And if you have any questions about it. I absolutely will. And I know Jolie will do it too, because she absolutely loves this stuff also. I will. Thank you, Jean. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I, um, Jolie, again, I hope you feel better. Lisa, it was great um, talking with you both. And I will keep listening to all your episodes. Um, and you have a great podcast here, making it a safe place for um, women like myself to come in and talk about their business, but also share their experience, but also good for others who are, who can hear from all over. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh -huh. I think that does it for today's show. So tune in with us again next week. Thanks so much for tuning into Divorce Detox with Lisa and Joe Lee. If you enjoyed the show and want to help us create more content, please be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Instagram at Divorce Detox Pod. Please note that the information shared during the podcast is for informational purposes only and does not create any type of attorney-client or coach-client relationship. Please consult with a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction for legal advice specific to your case.